You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought as a dentist, how the heck do I work less and earn more? I feel like I'm getting crunched. I feel like I'm working harder and harder and harder for less. Well, if you've ever felt that, it's true. You are. Today, I share with you a webinar that we loved and did recently with Dr. Barrett Straub. And we show you the data and how to get out of that and reverse the trends for you and your practice. It's called Work Less, Earn More, The Dentist Blueprint to a Dream Practice and Life. Please listen to this. I know you'll enjoy it. And we'll see you soon. Today, we're going to be talking about Work Less, Earn More, um, The Dentist Blueprint Dream for a Better Practice and a Better Life. And I'm going to make a few promises. I don't do this. This is so weird. And I was going through this with Barrett, but I'm going to make a, a promise to you. And it's going to be a mathematical promise, and then I'll make good on the promise. So today, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a typical practice, and I want you to get your mindset that you're a typical practice that we would see in a coaching process with us. And I'm going to reduce the number of days that you work in the office by 40 days a year in a five-year time span. I'm not one of those guys who say, oh, we'll do this overnight. It's going to happen in six months. No, we're going to do it realistically. And the first promise I'm going to make is we're going to reduce the number of days that you spend in your office by 40 days a year. That's a lot. The second promise I'm going to make you is we're not going to produce one more dollar in dentistry. We're just going to take your production, keep it the same. And we're going to improve everything and you're going to earn more. So hold on tight. I'm also going to increase your collections by $400,000 a year over a five-year time span. And I'll show you how all this works. Some of you are already like, I, I can't even listen to this. This is like, like hocus pocus, right? Um, the fourth thing I'm going to show you is how you can pay your team more. In a world where you're trying to figure out things, costs are rising, we're actually going to increase your expenses by $140,000 so that you could either add a team member or pay your team more if you choose with that money. Then I'm going to double your gross profit. So whatever your gross profit is, and I'll show you that in a second, we're just going to double it. We'll even more than double it. We'll grow it by 127%. 
I'm still going to make sure that you pay all your taxes. So we're going to make sure all your pack, your taxes are paid. And then you're still going to have money left in the bank. So th- these are some big promises, but this is what we do. And they're not like weird. They're just real, simple, disciplined, focused practices. And this will give you an insight of what we do with dental practices in helping them work less and earn more. Barrett, anything else you would add before we go into the data? No, other than um, it's just such a great equation when we're going to show the dentist the gaps. And um, when when you're able to see these gaps and when you're able to see the equation of all of that. So number seven down there, that's like true profit. That means what kind of money actually goes in your checking account. And we talk to dentists every day and so many are saying, I just would love to know why there's not more money in my checking account. And we've devised a way to show dentists the overall financial picture of their practice and then make some decisions based on that. So hold yeah. tight. It's going to be a good good show here. Yeah. And we have to start with the current state of affairs in dentistry. There's data and this data is great. We partner with the ADA. I love what they do. It's an awesome resource. And um, one of my team members, if you would just put these handouts in um in the chat. So you'll get a copy of these, but the HPI, the Health Policy Institute for ADA just released their new data. So I'm not making any of this up. I'm just pulling it from what they do. This was released in August of 2023, and it's an update on the net income of general practitioner dentists. uh, And here's what they found. Now, this is very interesting. Slide number one, when you look at the data of what's happening, there's some important things to notice. The average net income of a GP dentist declined by 7% in 2022. Now you're gonna see 2021 was an unusual year because of COVID and most every dentist did extremely well as they came back from COVID, but the data normalized in 2022. The other thing you're gonna notice is there's a long-term trend that shows a slight decline. Now this is adjusted for inflation. But when you look at the average annual net income of a general practitioner in private practice, it's been going down significantly after, you know, adjusted inflation. So when you look at the averages, this is what we see. Now, if you look at the median, what's really interesting is in this is not much changed. It's pretty much the same. You can see the downward trend And it gives you some of the overall same conclusions regarding trends with GPs and net income. So the trend is going this way, and I'll show you why in just a second. Another finding that they found when looking at all of the data from 2022 is that their question was, what's driving all of this? And so there's a couple of factors that are driving the net income of dentists dropping. The number one factor is that practice expenses are rising faster than practice revenue. So as you can imagine, in any business or any sector or anything, when expenses are rising annually more than revenues are, you now have some downward pressure. And this is the downward trend. And that's what they characterized it as. It's a lot of downward pressure that happens. It's just a tightening of the margins. Now, one thing, I love the ADA, I absolutely love what they're doing, but there's a big piece of data that isn't in any of this research. 
And what this slide doesn't show is the impact of write-offs on a dental practice. Some dentists that we're finding right now are writing off as much as 42%. And write-offs are climbing. Typically, we wouldn't find dentists that are writing off 42%. It might be normal to find a dentist that was writing off 20% or 22%. But the thing that's important right now is that write-offs are skyrocketing and dentists aren't even aware of that. So that's something very important to pay attention to. And we're going to talk about that in just a second for you to know your write-off percentages. And so we look at the payer wheel. If you're a dental Intel fan, this is just a typical practice. We'll pull it. And it's not unusual for us to coach a practice. And a dentist will say, well, I only participate with one insurance. And I'll pull it. And I'm like, eh, not really. There's a lot of other insurances you're not even aware of that are just slowly filtering into your practice uh, in this factor. So we have to take a look at that. Another factor that the ADA Health Policy Institute on current state of dentists is this, is like, how busy are dentists? I'm sure you're watching this going, I'm busier than ever. We don't find one dental practice in the world that says I'm not busy. Everybody's too busy, too busy, too crazy, too many patients. Now the data reflects that. Here's what the data shows. The data shows that patient appointment wait times are up significantly in 2022. Now, the ADA points to this is likely a result of staffing shortages. I don't like the word staff. It's team shortages and dental offices. I kind of agree with that, but not wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, more and more patients are going to the dental offices through PPO measures that everybody's just incredibly busy. So the data shows that. Now, let me show you a couple more things. And it's the overall busyness of dentists. Dentists across the United States are feeling overworked. And what that means is the percent of, no, this shows the percent indicating too busy to treat all people requesting appointments or provided care to all who requested appointments, but was overworked. And the thing that they point out is that it's in an all-time high. We're way too busy. We're way overworked. That's what the data shows. The bottom line is dentists are busier than ever. And I've got one more. And then Barrett, I'd love for you to comment on this. I, I love this data. I freak out on it. I, I mean, I don't love what it shows, but it, I love what the story tells. All data tells us a story. Here's another thing that you're going to find in this research when you take a look at it. Dentists are working more hours than ever. On average, right now, GP dentists work 4.5% more hours in 2022 than the average from 20,000 to 2019. The increase in 2022 is roughly equivalent to an extra 1.5 hours per week. Now, again, what this doesn't show you, we like to think in, of in terms of days. There are people out there that work 12-hour days. Knock yourself out. That's crazy. But in real simple terms, 1,758 hours a year is the equivalent to 225 days a year, assuming you work eight hours as one day. That's a lot of days. That's way higher than the previous research that we had. And the bottom line is dentists are working more hours, making less money. They perceive busyness is way up. The crunch is biting in terms of capacity. 
which is a whole nother thing that we'll talk about. Wait times are up significantly for dentists and or for patients and team member shortages are severe. Barrett, anything else you would add before we start to go into the gaps? Just, just the numbers are showing an economy um, that is affecting the dental marketplace. And we just have to be cognizant of it. Usually when we work more, our assumption is I will work more and therefore my revenue will go up a cor- corresponding amount. And and so, but the, the graphs and the numbers are showing that we are working more, working harder, expending more energy and making less. So no longer is working more actually benefiting you financially. There's other reasons you may feel you need to do it. Um, so the, the math isn't working anymore. And so we've got to understand the math and then apply the learning to our own practices. Because ultimately, why do we practice dentistry? And we're going to encourage you that the answer should be so you can live the life you want. And so when you're too busy and making less than you should, it affects your life. And that's why we've got to reverse this equation here and do some math and figure out some different strategies going forward uh, based on this new knowledge that we have. Yeah. And don't stress too much because we're going to show you there's a way out. There is a solution and it's a really easy, it's not an easy solution, but it's a simple solution. You know, nothing simple is ever easy, but you have to know your gaps and we're going to walk you through that. If you've come to anything that we do, you're going to hear us talk about gaps and gaps kind of work like this. Here's how gaps work. You've got a couple gaps in your financial statements. You can look at your dental practice as the first gap is the effort gap. You got what you produce, your gross production, your percentage of write-offs, you know, your net production as a result of those write-offs how many days that you actually gave to produce that much and then gross production per day. And we call that the effort gap. And that's an important gap that you have to pay attention to because like you said, Barry, you just can't keep working more and more and more and more and more. There's got, there's, there's a limit to that. You, and we see dent, some dentists giving blood to their, they just can't give anymore. And so the effort gap is really important. And so as you tighten up each one of these gaps, you're going to see one more dollar falls to the bottom line. So that's the first gap. The second gap is the collections gap. So you've got your net collections number and it comes as a result. It's your collectible production. Well, what percentage of those dollars did you actually collect? So if your net collections is 94%, you're leaving 6% on the table. So that's an important gap. You might be thinking, well, I got Sally. Sally works at the front. She's so nice. She's been here for 20 years. We collect 92%. You have to collect 100% of your collectible production. That is money left on the table. Don't worry. There's a solution for that. The third gap is your overhead gap. Costs are increasing. Costs are rising just to do business. And you have to know what percentage your overhead is. If your overhead, we see practices that have 75% overheads, some even higher than that. And we're going to show you how you can get your arms around it. It's not about cutting costs. It's about, first of all, knowing what the percentage is. It's amazing how many dentists go, my overhead is this number. And I'm like, it's not even close. So that's a gap that you can trim up. And then ultimately, the last gap is your cash flow gap. Now, let me explain this. And Baron, I'd love for you to chime in. It's like, you you're a dentist. You go to your accountant every year and your accountant goes, man, look at your profit and loss statement. At the bottom of your profit and loss statement, it says, wow, I made $300,000. And 
And your accountant goes, you're doing so good compared to all my other clients. And then you go, yeah, Mr. Accountant or Mrs. Accountant, I don't have any money. Well, your cat, your P&L statement doesn't show what you paid in taxes. It doesn't show your loan payments. It doesn't show any of that stuff. And so you go home to your spouse or significant other. And you're like, we have no money. But yet I keep working harder and harder and harder. Anything you would add about the gaps here, Barrett? Yeah. If, if to totally simplify it, every gap is where a portion of your production leaves your practice. So if you do $1 of production, a portion of that leaves in, in the case of write-offs. And, and on the screen, you're going to see a 14%, right? A 14% gone. Of that remaining money, if you're not collecting 100%, so let's say you collect 92 per year examples, so you have an 8% collections gap. So 8% of that dollar now has left again. And now we have overhead expense. So that another chunk, big chunk of that dollar leaves. And then we have this cash flow expense. So really what we're talking about is margin the true profit margin on every dollar of production of that dollar produced. What I want to know as a small business owner and a dentist, how much of that dollar do I actually get to put in my wallet? And what we're seeing is the PL statement is only a small part of this whole equation. And when you put it all together and you work to shrink these gaps, your margin increases and therefore you get to put more money in your pocket. And so it's a very intuitive um, solution to uh, making a, a good financial strategy for your practice. And without knowing all the gaps, we can full out say that you are making decisions without all the knowledge. And often, um, Dennis will now see the gaps and say, oh, that's why I don't have as much money. I should have not done it this way. I would have done it differently. And it's never too late. And that's why we're here. Um, but it's going to give you a total picture. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And what I want you to think about when you're watching this webinar is these are levers. You can play with them or dials. Every quarter, you just take a dial and you tighten it up, make it healthier. And as you tighten up these dials or levers, quarter over quarter over quarter, you're going to go, wow, we do a little bit better. I didn't work as much anymore. How fun is that? Now you're actually controlling the ship. A big part of being an entrepreneur is you can actually see yourself doing this five to six years, 10 years down the line. There are many dentists that come to us and they're like, I think I'm just going to sell. I'm just going to sell. I can't. I'm like, you should never, don't sell. Like, don't be overwhelmed. This overwhelm makes you think you can't do this on your own and you just go work for somebody else. It's so much fun to watch the dentists that we coach go, I think I can do this for 10 more years. And then they say, I know I can do this for 10 more years. So this is an important piece of it. One more thing I'll just add is there's never been a business owner in the history of the United States that ran a business on a P&L. It's just never happened. Like anyone who's ever had a successful business will go, P&L is important. Yeah, it shows me where cash went out. But that's not, that's like half the story about what's going on in a business. You need cash. You need to pay taxes and you need to know the implications of all of this and how it's reflected on a PL. So don't let the PL be your driving decision maker. It's part of the story, but it's like half of the story. So our job here, and we're going to show you the process that we actually take our clients through, is just you got to know what your gaps are. And the thing I'll say first is that every successful change process, no matter what it is in the world, starts with the first same step. It's 
You have to tell the truth. If you're in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, the first step is you have to admit you're an alcoholic. If you go to a weight loss program, you have to first weigh in and find out what your weight is. You know, anything that you're doing, you have to start with where are we right now so that I can start to improve where we are. And it starts with data. So a big part of what we do in coaching is called an assessment. So Dina and Gina and our team, they pull every number. We pull so many numbers from a dental practice. It's like pulling all your blood work. We can see exactly. And it's it's funny, but not funny. So many dentists go, well, I think we do this. And then we pull it and they're like, I didn't have any idea what I'm doing compared to what I thought I was doing. The numbers tell us the whole story. Now, there's other things behind those numbers. But as we go through this, I'm going to make good on these promises. And this is going to be the majority of what we're going to discuss today. So play along if you're a dentist watching this. And I want you, I'm going to show you every single number and how we look at it. You basically need to know 14 numbers. These are the 14 numbers I want you to find out. And in year one, if we're going to tell the truth and you're a dentist, let's say you're average. Let's say you're part of that slide I just showed you that you're a GP and you actually work the average number 225 days. Typically, we find practices produced somewhere in here. A lot of the practices we coach have gone on and done CE at Panky, Dawson, Coys, Spear, Seattle Study Club. So they're, they're a little bit more care. You know, they, they've learned a lot and they've applied it to technical dentistry. So they've been able to grow a practice to gross produce that much, which if you divide the gross production by the days worked, you're going to see production per day. That's gross production per day is 50. 5,003 through three. Now that's an important number. We're going to come back to that, but you need to know your gross production per day. And then some dentists, like I shared earlier, are writing off 42%. Now here's the circumstances of writing off 42%. When you're writing off 42%, that means your net production dollar amount, collectible production is 696. You're producing 1.2 million but your collectible production is 696. If that stresses you out, it should. Don't do that anymore. And then we talk about the collections gap. So I have Susie that works at the front and she's awesome, but she collects 94%. Now we can train Susie. We can help Susie. But if it's 94%, I'm collecting 94% of 696. The math is we actually put in our bank account 654240. So that's important to understand up there in those gaps. Now, let's say your overhead. Now, depending on who you listen to, a lot of people have different numbers on this. You know, there's a lot of studies that say the average overhead is 62.9%. So I'm trying to pull data from the web and put it in there. But I'll tell you, that's not what we're finding. We're finding dentists that are well in the 70s as far as their overhead is. But for this example, I'll say 62.9%, which means the dollar amount that went out for overhead in expenses is 411517. So you follow me so far? Now here's what happens. Your accountant shows you a profit and loss statement. At the bottom of your profit and loss statement, it says $242,723. They go, great job. And you're like, I'm exhausted. And they go, keep going. And you're like, okay. And in this example, what you don't see on your profit and loss statement, and just for argument's sake, we're not going to put an associate in here, but you could easily put your associate in here. You're going to take a salary of $10,000 a month, you know, and that's $120,000 a year, which means your net income after your salary 
is 122723 Now, at some point, you have to pay taxes. And if you don't do this right, you're finding money to pay taxes. Don't do that. We want you to pay taxes within your bank account. And so no matter how you slice it, you're going to pay about 40% in state and federal taxes. You can try to get around that as much as you can, but it's often better to overestimate your taxes. Trust me, I've done it the wrong way. Uh, Just get good at being a happy taxpayer. And then the other thing that your profit and loss statement doesn't show that's important to know is that you've got a $5,000 a month payment on these loans and that's about $60,000 a year. So here's how this all shakes out. Your true profit is negative 34,366. So you produced 1.2, you collected 654, you had overhead expenses of 411, and then you paid yourself 120 thousand when you had taxes of ninety seven thousand and loans of sixty thousand and your negative thirty four thousand. Barrett, anything else you'd say before I go on to year two? Yeah, just a couple a couple points. One, that negative thirty four is actual cash flow. So that's not like an accounting trick. Yes. That's like we are in the hole thirty four thousand dollars. If this were year day zero to three hundred and sixty five, year one of a brand new practice there would be a shortfall of $34,000. And this dentist would be digging through personal accounts to try to find enough money to pay at tax day. Um, and so you're going to start to see where chunks leave that that 1.2 million. Right off the bat, where how you can use this calculator, what struck me was, okay, we're negative 34. Let's go back to collections, for instance. 6% which is your gap, you didn't collect 6% that you could have. That 6% of 696 is just under 42 grand. 42 grand is more than 34. So now you can see like, oh, 94 is pretty good. It's close to 100. Yeah, but that's 42 grand that you could have had. And, and therefore, it's sometimes it's not always the big write-off. Sometimes it's a little bit here, a little bit there, and a little bit there. And, and that's the difference between financial wealth and, and, and not financial health. Yeah. And so I'm biased. I'm very uh, opinionated about having a coach or an advisor, but let's say you say, I'm not doing this anymore. I feel like I'm giving blood. I'm not enjoying this. I don't know why I don't have any money and no one listens to me in my office. I take all these courses and I'm struggling. And you say, I'm going to get a coach. Well, great. Now let's go to year two. Cause this is exactly what we do. 225 is too many days. You got little kids. They're going to grow up fast. You're going to be me in no time. You're going to be 53 and three of them are going to be out of the house. You're going to go, where did all that time go? So I like the idea of 10 day increments. So 225 to 215 is extremely reasonable. And we're just going to start working less, but we're going to work better. Now, true to my promise, let's not produce anymore. So if I do 215 days and my gross production is 1.2 million, I start doing a little bit more comprehensive dentistry, maybe less PPOs. Now my gross production per day goes up slightly. The other thing I'm going to do with a coach is I'm going to start looking at these write-offs. There are some plans that it makes no sense for me to participate in. One of the things that we'll notice right away is that you're writing off more than what you're collecting on some of these plans. Like you're just wasting time. And so as you start to move away from the less desirable PPOs and you start to include patients that start paying more of your full fee, those write-offs start to go down. You have to fight the write-off battle. 
or else you will, you'll get lost in it. Now, in one year, look how much changes. The collectible production went from 696 to 780. Susie at the front is working with the coach and the coach is just giving Susie some things to say. Wow. And Susie comes back to you and goes, that really works. Oh my gosh, that worked. And you go, good job. High five. And then Susie says to you, I want patients that have balances every day to see me first before they see you. And you go, where did you learn that? And Susie says, my coach told me that. Okay. So now your net collections, what hit your bank account? went from 654,000 to 772,000. This is just simple math. Your overhead actually went down. It went from 62.9% to 60%, but this is my favorite line. Look, the dollars went up. As a function of collections, you're actually spending more on your expenses, but your overhead percentage goes down. This is where you can start to entertain a raise. You could start to entertain upgrading things, better materials, all that kind of stuff. Now, your dental accountant's freaking out. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I got a coach. You went from 242 to 308 and you didn't. I'm like, what happened? I don't know. I feel better. Susie knows how to collect money. It's great. Now, here's the other thing you have to pay attention to. You actually probably have to educate your dental accountant. Now, I love dental accountants. Don't get me wrong, but you can't be passive with a dental account. You have to be proactive with the dental account. You got to go, hey, buddy, or hey, hey, friend, you have to show me what happens beyond the P&L, which means I'm still paying myself 120000 my net income now, because that's my gross profit, minus what I'm paying myself as a salary is 188 My taxes went up. So one of the benefits of making more money is you have to pay more taxes. So now you've already budgeted, you're paying taxes. I'll tell you guys, there's nothing better than paying taxes way in advance. I just paid my quarterlies for next year. I love it. So much fun. It's awesome when you can start to do that kind of stuff. And you still have the loan payment, but now you actually have cash in the bank. You're like, wow, I actually made some money. We paid our taxes. I feel better. Barrett, anything you want to say before we go to year three? Yeah, a couple, couple quick points. One, and there's a question, um, and it's a good one. Difference between gross collection percent and net per a collections percent. And so you have revenue, that's your collections. And so we we do one of two things. We calculate that as a percentage of your gross production, which is your true output, always billing your master fee. And we also calculate that as a percentage of your net production after write-offs. Your net production is what you can actually collect, but the gross collection percent is an indicator of the size of your effort gap or the amount of write-offs. But in this case, that net production um, of 780 in year two, that's actually what can be collected. And so we want 100% of that um, at least. Second, this year two is, is a good year for this dentist. Like they're breathing easier. It's more fun when you, even when you just get only $5,000 above that green, because now it's like getting your head above water. And now it's like, okay, now I know when I buy something, I know what that's going to do to my profitability. I know when I produce a little more and collect a little more than my monthly average, I know what's going to filter down to the bottom. That's even more profit. That's money sitting in the bank after tax where Dennis is like, oh my gosh, I've paid myself. I've paid my team. I've paid my bills. I've paid my taxes. And I'm watching this bank account just kind of creep up. That's awesome. And, and so now this 
Now this dentist can get really creative, can make better financial decisions because he or she knows exactly what more production, more collections, or more expense means at the bottom of the day, at the bottom of the chart. Yeah. So I always say this, and I'm going to ask you to write this down if you're listening to this. If you want to be happy as a dentist, you only need two things. You need progress. I call them the two Ps. And this is what we're showing year over year. You don't have to have the most amazing, brilliant, everything. But if you're making progress every year, your soul is good. The second thing is you need predictability. And by using this method we're showing you, you can predictably determine where your income is going to be and how hard you're going to work within a very, you know, few dollars. It's really quite predictable when you can embrace, you know, progress and predictability. Now we're going to go to year three. So now I've had a coach for a year and we've done some great things. Now I'm going to keep it going. So my coach now has set new goals. We're now going to go from 215 days to 205 days because my kids are now six, four, and two. And I got to start being with them. I want to I want to enjoy my days outside of the practice. And true to the promise, we're not going to grow our gross production at all. Now, in reality, as coaches, we would make you grow your gross production, okay? But I want to make a point here that you don't have to produce like crazy. You could actually keep your gross production the same over five years and improve all these conditions. You're going to see what happens as a result. I'm working 205 days a year. My gross production is 1.2 million, which means my gross production per day is 5,854. Now, working with a coach, I've tightened up my write-offs. We're getting a few of the less desirable PPOs. I've learned how to build my full fee. I now know how to schedule and write-offs start going down. Once you get into this realm, you're like, oh my gosh, this feels so much better. You also feel like you have the freedom that you've always dreamed of as a dentist. No one else is calling the shots. Here's an important point to the math that you can't see. Nothing is more disheartening than when you feel PPOs run your practice. This is the critical point where you say, I make the rules. And it's true. You make the rules. This is more powerful than the money. Your net production as a result of making these changes and having a coach keep you on the rails, you're like, wow, my collectible production is 900,000. Susie keeps working with the coach. She's getting better at her verbal skills. And she's like, we're at 99%, Dr. Barrett. I think we could get to 100%. And you go, really? Great job. What hits my bank account is 891 in year three. Now, again, this is my favorite line. My overhead went down. It went from 60% to 55 and you'll notice, look at that line. I actually spent more money. I gave a few people raises. I hired another person. I did a few improvements. Now I have the cash to do what I need to do. Now my accountant's really freaking out. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Come on, man. You went from 242 to 308 to 400. Like, what's going on? Like, what are you, what are you up to? And you're like, I got a coach. Like, I know what I'm doing. And you've decided to up your salary. Now you're taking a salary. Like I improved my salary to 150,000. Your net income now as a result of this simple math is 259.50. Again, you have to pay more taxes. One of the benefits of making more money is you have to pay more taxes. So you've already got that built. You've already got the cash. It's just sitting in your account or you're putting it in another account and you're paying them in advance. It's a good feeling. And you still have this loan payment, which means now you're like, man, I still got money in the bank. There's nothing better than paying all of your bills and having money in the bank. Here's something you have to write down. As you grow, 
Growth sucks cash. Your business needs cash. You need cash on hand in order to do anything in the future. So make sure you've got a financial model to have cash. Barrett, anything before I go to your four? Um, just a couple things. So gross profit, again, that's what you're getting taxed on. Your salary, according to the IRS, is 400000 Now, it doesn't feel like that because taxes go out and loans go out, but everything below that green line is taxable income. And so that's when every loan that we pay through it, we have to think about what that is. It's a loan. It's a decision that you made to forego some of your salary in order to invest in the business. And that's also why we have to be careful about not over leveraging ourselves. Every loan um, expenditure is cash that could or should be in your bank account and will be once that loan is paid off. And so when dentists are like, I'm not making any money, it's all below this green line. And we can tell a story that if we do this right, and if we budget, and if we work above the line to have the strategies in, not only will you pay all those loans up, you're going to start setting a bunch of money aside. My last point on this is every dentist watching knows this scenario. You're at a CE, you're eating lunch with dentists, and you're like, I produce 1.2, I produce 1.2. That means now I think we're starting to see like producing money, producing dentistry means very little. There's a big difference between the dentist at year one that says, I produce 1.2 and the year three, I produce 1.2. Those are very different practices. One has got 30 grand sitting in the bank with 20 more days or, or you know, or five weeks more of vacation and they have 30,000 30, to take their family to Disney and spend some of that. And the other one is stressed and scraping and borrowing money from family members to pay the tax bill, but they both produce 1.2. And so our, our point is we as dentists have to stop focusing on production and know that production is just one small KPI in a much bigger, more complex story. Amen, really well said, brother. And I'll say this forever, again, because I'm 53. My favorite line on this whole thing is line number one. Time is the new rich. I don't care what people produce. Gross production means absolutely nothing anymore in dentistry. I care, like, what kind of days you work. I can't waste a day for anything. And yet we see dentists wasting days. I mean, if you're writing off 42%, that means more than one out of every three days you're working, you're just working for free. And that's not fun either. All right, so year four. I now have had a coach for two years. Year three, my coach is upping the ante. We're now going to really trim these days. So my kids aren't six, four, and two anymore. They're seven, five, and three. Now I'm really leaning in to being there for their games, going to Disney, all that kind of stuff. 195 days a year. Again, I'm not going to grow my gross production. We would grow your gross production. Your now gross production per day is 6154. Now I'm really starting to think about the write-offs. I'm starting to intentionally schedule. We've already written our letters. We're ready. Now, I want to I say this out loud. We are not a coaching company that makes people go completely fee-for-service. I will tell you, we have a great percentage of people that say I'm going fee-for-service and they want to get rid of all of them. That's your choice. And it's so much fun for people that we coach. And there'll be many of them here this week who go, I just got off of all oh, my insurance. It's crazy. I'm still busy. Why didn't I do this years ago? And this is where their write-offs start to go. As a result, your net collectible production is 1,020,000. And Susie keeps pushing for that 100% mark. She's still at 99% doing a great job, which means now 
as a result of making these changes without working any harder, you're actually working significantly less, $1,900,800 hit your bank account. And again, I love this line, your overhead's dropping even more. You're not cutting expenses. You're actually spending more significantly, but your overhead percentage went down to 530. Now your dental accountant's eyes are popping out of their head going, okay, now you're at 474. You've probably jumped a tax bracket or two. And they're like, okay, we got to figure out some strategy here. You got to start paying yourself some more. We're going to get creative about what you save, blah, blah, blah. Your net income now grows to 294. And again, the benefit of making more money, pay more taxes. So now you're paying $189,000 a year in taxes. You already got the cash. It's sitting there. You're paying them in advance. Makes you feel good. Still got this loan. And now $44,000 is left in the account that you're pulling forward to next year. If you choose, whatever. I mean, this is where you got to decide. And then Barrett, I'll do your five. And then I want you to chime in here. But let's do your five and make good on the promises I said at the beginning of the webinar. So now I'm going to go from, as you can see, year one, 225, over the span of five years, I'm going down to 185 days a year. I'm not going to grow my production, gross production, but as a result of working fewer days and the same production, my gross production per day is now up to $6,486. Let's say you do as a dentist decide to get off of all of your PPOs. You're still going to have a healthy write-off percentage. You know why? Because you have friends, you have family. You might want to do this for the police officers or the pastors in town, or it's just dentistry you choose to give away. We find some of our best dentists are at eight or nine or 10% because they love giving dentistry away, but it's their choice. And as a result, all these numbers, your net production goes up to 1.1 million. Now Susie's locked in. Susie now is starting to use the verbal skills. She's getting really comfortable with it. She might even sound a little bit overconfident when it comes to money. And then she's going to ask you to raise your fees too. watch when it's so funny when team members get good at asking for money. The next thing they say is, doc, raise your fees. And you go, what just happened? So now what hits your bank account is 1.1 million. Your overhead, people always say is 50% achievable. It is if you do it the right way and you're a good steward financially. But as you can see, I'm spending more money in overhead, dollar-wise, but my percentage is going down. Now my taxable income has gone up significantly, 552. I'm paying myself a little bit more. My net income now is 352. And I got to pay more taxes, which is 220. And I have $71,000 in the bank. Now, here's the final punchline. Over the period of five years, I've reduced my work days per year by 40 days. How many months is that, Barrett? Like you and I were talking about this before we hit that 40 days a year, less working. That's a, that's a lot for a dentist. Yeah. 40 days. If you work a four day weekend, that's 10 weeks, 10 weeks. You're not working. It's a lot. It's a lot. And make more. Usually if you're like, you know, I'm going to take 10 more weeks off. I know I'm going to make less. We just took 10 weeks off and made a ton more money. Yeah. This is not a joke, you guys. Anyone can do this. All you have to do is know the numbers. If you're not looking at the numbers and you're letting PPOs flood your practice, you have no idea what's going on. And you're a victim of circumstance. You now don't control your practice anymore. We want you to control your practice and enjoy your life. 
Now, my gross production per day over this period went up $1,153. I'm taking some cool courses. I'm finishing coys. I'm doing some other things. I'm getting good at dentistry. Now, your net production as a result, your gross production, look, didn't go up $1. But your net production went up $400,000, $408,000 to be exact, over five years. And Susie helped you put $449,000 more in the business bank account just as a result of following this framework. Your overhead actually went up. You're spending $140,000 more per year on expenses, but now you're being smart about how you're investing. You're increasing your team members' compensation. You're doing the right things that you've always wanted to do. And in the end, here's what's so cool. Your gross profit went up 127%. What was at the bottom of your PNL when you started this process was 242,000. At the end of year five, what's at the bottom of your PNL statement is 552,000. It went up 127%. But that's just the beginning. And, you know, your owner's compensation, all these kind of things. What you ultimately did was you worked less and you made more. And I would say you didn't work harder in this whole process. Barrett, anything else you would add before we bring this to a close? No, it's just, it's such a brilliant calculator. We coach, there's three scenarios where we coach dentists um, and they benefit from this um, gaps method. The first is like year one. I, I don't know where my money is. I'm in a financial hardship and the gaps can help them strategize how to get out of financial hardship. That's scenario one. Scenario two is the doctors that are like, okay, I'm going to be practicing in my practice for many more years. I want to maximize my profitability for my effort. And I'm going to use the gaps and I'm going to use these levers and I'm going to use the production per day and how many days. And I'm going to find the right better life, better practice mix that works for me and my life and my family. That's phase two. And that's a bulk of the career. And then we also coach dentists are like, okay, I'm really good. I'm on the ladder, the, the back nine of my career. I still love dentistry. I'm going to use this calculator to see how few days I can actually work and still make what I'm making. And I'm going to, I'm, and that will allow me to practice maybe longer than if I were just pounding it out. So this is, isn't a young doctor, middle-aged doctor, old doctor tool. It's for every phase of the professional career. And we can use this to make each phase um, as successful as we possibly can. Yeah, so well said. I enjoy watching the lights go on for any dentist at any level. Go, I totally understand this now. And now you got to go do it. So again, I want to finish with what I started with. We reduced the number of days you were in the office by 40 days a year. You didn't produce one more dollar of dentistry. And you increased your collections over $400,000 a year. You can probably pay your team more. You increased your expenses. What goes out on a yearly basis at $140,000 a year? You more than doubled your gross profit. You actually grew your gross profit by 127% just by looking at these 14 numbers and knowing what to do as a result. You paid all your taxes in advance. It's so much fun to do that. And then once to top it off, you still have money in the bank after all that. So there you have it. Now I want to leave some space to entertain questions. We will provide a recording of this. And I'll just say this before we 
answer questions. If you're struggling and you don't even know what your number, just we're here to help. That's what we do. Our job is to figure out what you want. I don't care what your practice model is. We have people that own multiple locations. Some people have all these different configurations, eight practices, 26 practices, one practice. It doesn't matter. It's all the same that you enjoy going to work. You understand the numbers. And here's the cool part. We love this stuff. Like we absolutely love, we geek out on it. I could make this webinar four hours if you guys would let me. But like, it's so much fun. It's not about the money. It's about making these businesses healthier. So Barrett, any thoughts or any yeah. questions in the chat? We, got a, we had a good question just pop up. How do you make up for loss of patients when you drop PPOs? Ooh. Yeah. Good one. We, we see all the time. You want you to take a stab at that and then I'll layer on. Yeah. So number one, again, it starts with telling the truth. Many people think they're going to lose all their patients and you might lose a few, but don't listen to the pundits who are like, oh, you're going to lose 20% across the board. That is absolutely not true. There are so many people that are like, I dropped XYZ insurance. Like no one's going away. I can't tell you the number of people that have dropped insurance and they're like, I am still way too busy. Here's the real issue. There isn't a dentist in the world that we get that isn't busy. Most practices we get, we'll get a single GP doc and I'm like, you have 3,500 patients. And they go, I know. I'm like, 35, you, you don't need 3,500 patients. The great restorative practices, if we're talking about GPs, they know exactly how many they need. They need 1,200 patients, probably about 750 per hygienist, full-time hygienist in a practice. They know what to charge. They know how many days they work. So I would be so quick to not say, oh, we're going to lose a bunch of patients. Now, if you don't have people paying your full fee and you're 100% PPO, that is true. You get off of PPO, you're going to lose patients because you haven't created enough value. Here's the bottom line. I want people to come to you because of you, not because you're cheap, not because you're easy, not because of your life. The real mark of a true professional is that people come to you and they trust you and they pay you because you're my person and my team is so well-trained. And one more thing I'll add, and Barrett, I want you to add this. Our practices that have gone fee-for-service, they'll be the first to tell you, we get the insurance question all day long. Like once you go fee for service, it's not like people come in and go, eh, I got all this cash. Can you just prep all these? No, you still have the question every day from almost every other patient. Do you take my insurance? Why aren't you on my plan? How come you cost so much? And that's the game you have to play as an entrepreneur. You have to train your team. Verbal skills matter. Your team has to be so good that when somebody says, why aren't you on my plan? They go, I love that question. Bring it. So Barrett, anything you would add to that? Yeah, <laughs> It, it's a great question. And um, we never we never coach someone to just drop a PPO. Right. Just do it. We There's a method and a right way to do it. And so we have a whole PPO roadmap that we walk our coaching clients through. And it starts with data. And it starts with identifying um, the kind of low-hanging fruit insurance plans that make sense to get out of. It identifies the one that um, that we should stay on for a little while. And, I, and it, it doesn't mean you always go, you drop all your PPO. So there's a method and a, and a strategy to doing it the right way. And when done correctly, after making the right decisions and knowing the right data and training the team for the right verbal skills, it's very successful. And you will lose some, but much less than you can. And once you know the numbers, we can even do a calculation where you can, you know how many 
of those patients, you can lose and still break even. And it's often like, oh my gosh, I can lose a ton and still break even financially. So when when it's done right, when we see uh, dentists do it right, meaning follow the roadmap, take our time, do it the right way, very successful. When dentists say, hey, guess what? I just dropped all my PPOs yesterday and they didn't do the steps, it's not good. Right. And so there's some there's some things that we need to ask ourselves. There's some strategies we need to employ before we do so that the PPO can um, become um, successful. And part of it is this thing called differentiation. We, we coach all our dentists that the patient has to have a reason to go to you before you dump all your PPOs. There's some other really good questions. We're going to answer a few more minutes here and, and we'll get to as many of these as we can. So days worked, and this is, we get this all the time. Are those doctor days or days when hygiene works without the doctor? Everyone has a different equation and mix of Mondays and Wednesdays and Tuesdays. They're all different. We just say, how many days is your practice open for business, seeing patients? And then how much did you produce and do the math? So it averages out over time. So if Tuesday you have three doctors and 18 hygienists, you're obviously going to produce more that day than Wednesday where you have one doctor and one hygienist. But over a quarter or a year, all that will average out over time. Next one. So the number of providers doesn't matter. It's whether the office is open and, and producing. S similar idea. Yes, your output or potential to produce dentistry will be higher with more providers. But if your margin, if you're only, if the money going in your checking account is only $50 on every crown, it doesn't matter how many providers you have, your profit margin is still very low. And you take that with. So we see people chase volume in the search of profit without really knowing the equation, right? If I add more capacity, if I add a hygienist, if I add a chair, if I add a billing, if I add three doctors, I should be making more. Not necessarily because this margin goes with it. And sometimes we actually make less. And so the gaps also helps people say, I think I should buy your associate. Great, maybe let's run the numbers and say, how much does that associate need to produce and collect on that for you, senior doctor, to make a dollar? And sometimes the math works and sometimes like, oh gosh, that's not going to work. I'm not, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to hire associate. I'm just going to drop a couple PPOs and it will all work out. Yeah. Can um, I just add one thing, Barrett? Yeah. Like that is yeah. such a great question and you can do that. But, you know, in that same example, we just showed 1.2 million writing off 42%, 1.2 million writing off 8%. That practice that's in year five needs six people to run it. The one in the first year needs eight to nine to 10 people to run it. You're going to need a higher number of team members to run an operation like that. Now, we have practices that are up for that. They, the ones that do it well, they know their gaps. They know their numbers. They know what a producer costs. They know what an operatory costs. So again, the message is what Barrett said. You just got to know your numbers. Like Once you do this work, you'll go, this is working or this isn't working. Another question on there? Just looking at um, some other questions. I love the uh, questions. Great you ones. Know, you know, so what script do we use when answering, you know, do you take my insurance? We have, 
we have go to our website, come into you know our Act University. We have whole verbal skills webinars on this exact topic, um, and it's it's a it's it's a two hour answer, um, but it's important. So yeah. those verbal trainings of using the right words, we're insurance friendly. We're a non contracted provider. We you know um, there's lots of ways to say yes, we can versus no, we can't. Yeah. And and all you know we we're always going to say. Never lie, do it in an ethical matter, be transparent. But um, patients want to know, can I come to you? And we say, yes, you can. We work with we work with people in that plan all the time. Let me tell you how it works in our practice. Yeah. If nothing else, use that. We're a non-contract provider. We have tons of patients in your plan. But let me tell you how it works in our practice. It's a little different than maybe you're used to. Yeah, I love that. And so yeah. um, Miranda, who's our director of education, you'll see in the webinars coming up, Barrett's right. We could do a two hour webinar on just one question. Do you take my insurance? And are you in my network? And do you take my insurance? Those are two different questions. So like, we're going to bring it. You're going to see an amazing round of education because we love the verbal skills. We also coach practices all over the country that are doing it. So it's coming. We'll We'll provide some great education on that. Um, where to find a dental accountant? Yeah, that's an age-old question. How do there's a lot of dental accountants. There's lots of accountants, uh, and just because someone says I'm a dental accountant doesn't mean they're a good accountant. And just right. because someone isn't a dental accountant doesn't mean they're not great for dentistry. In the end, you give them the gaps. You say I need you to show. Basically, you need to show me where my cash is going. Was the question that I over my career proposed to my accountant. PL, great. That's just the starting point. But I want to know where all the money's going after the PL with all the distributions and the loans and the depreciation and the amortization, all that stuff that is complex because of our IRS. Um, and an accountant, if you train them, to, you tell them, you had to advocate for yourself. I need to know where every cent of this monthly revenue went. And an accountant should be able to customize his or her reporting mechanisms um, for that to yeah. happen. I have two thoughts on that. Great question. Um, number one, it goes back to what we said earlier in the morning. You have to drive the agenda for every accountant, even the best accountant in the world. You have to say, this is what I want. So what I would encourage you to do is like, you now have the gaps calculator. You can say to an accountant, dental or not, this is where I want to go. I need you to help me get that way. And I would be paying taxes in advance. And here's my thought on this. So that is step number one. Step number two, there are some huge downsides to working with a dental accountant. And you saw them in this webinar. They are comparing you uh, with every dentist across the board. You, you're not watching this webinar because you're average. Because the average dentist, number of days worked is going way up. Income is going down. So if you're watching this webinar, your dental accountant who's watching all of that with all of their clients go, you're doing great. And you're like, I'm not doing great. So I'm a little biased. There are amazing dental accountants out there, but you have to drive the agenda and please do not have them compare you with other dental practices. That is the least helpful thing that could ever be done with your financials. Last question on there, and it's a great one. How often do we see that the profitability struggle is, is a result of the environment, meaning dentist to population ratio? And I'll say this, if we are, as we as a dentist are trying to compete as a commodity, if we're trying to compete as the same as every other dentist in my town, I do crowns, I do fillings, I do implants, it will be a struggle 
with the dentist to population ratio. I want everyone to go to our website and look for our differentiation guideline. And because differentiating yourself, meaning setting yourself up as a different option, a competitive option, a unique selling proposition is different than the other 10 dentists within the two mile radius. That's when you can lower PPOs. You can attract patients to come to you. Is that easy to do to differentiate yourself? No. Is it easier than we think? Yes. And, and so if we're competing as the same, then we are definitely in a demographic challenge and it's always going to be hard. But if we skill up and use some strategy to market ourselves and set ourselves apart, that's when we really can um, go and, and really do any type of business strategy we want, including the low margin, I'm sorry, the high margin, low volume, see a few patients, do a lot of dentistry, get paid our full fee and really be, be very profitable and, and be able to have as much fun in dentistry as we can. Totally agree. I love that. And I'll piggyback on what Barrett said. And I'm, I'll end this with a story. And some people are like, don't tell that story. It's a story. And you have to hear the story. I hope when you show up for these webinars, you come to anything we do to the top. Every little bit of this helps you become a better leader. Thus, you create a better practice and better life, not only for you, but for your team members and for your patients. And the reason I'm showing you these gaps is this is going to happen to every dentist. You're going to be driving to work. And it's going to be a beautiful Tuesday morning. You're going to go, wow, look at all those bulldozers. They're bulldozing that big apartment complex. What is that? It's two blocks from your office. You're like, wow, that's a big, that's a big piece of dirt there. And then you see the bulldozers there the next day and the next day and the next day. And you're like, wow, that's a big piece of dirt. It's like two blocks from my office. What are they putting there? Shopping center? What? And then you hear from the dental society that there's a huge DSO going in there. They have 22 ops. They don't have one CBCT. They have three CBCTs. Oh, by the way, they're going to be open till 9 p.m. every night of the week. They're going to do Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. <gasps> they're bringing in pediatric dentistry. They're going to do ortho. They're going to place implants. They're going to do it all. They even have a Botox specialist. Whoa. And they have a helicopter pad that's going to be on top of the building to pick up their patients. And what you have to say is when you drive by that dirt every day is like knock yourself out. You guys go crazy with the helicopter pad and the three CBCTs and the endo and the pedo on the weekends. Knock yourself out. You know why? Because I got the gaps. I know what I'm doing. I only need so many patients that pay my fee because I'm different and I know exactly how I work and I'm going to Disney while you guys work on Saturdays and Sundays. Knock yourself out. You'll also find that's going to be the biggest referrer to your office at some point because people are just going to be angry coming that direction. Not always true, but mostly true. So thank you guys for listening today. As you can see, we're passionate about this. I love this profession. I love it. And we're going to keep bringing great education. And my hope is it stresses you out a little bit, but it also is helpful enough so you create a better practice and better life. Lastly, join us for the Two to Top Study Club. If you haven't been, you got to come. We'd love to have you. You'll love being here. And being a dentist is lonely. Being an entrepreneur is lonely. Don't do that. Do it in a group. We got a great group for you. Join us. Barrett, thanks for being on, brother. My pleasure. Can't wait for uh, two weeks from now. We'll do this again. Absolutely. All right, you guys have a great day. There'll be a replay back uh, that many of you can watch. And if you have questions, reach out to us. So until we see you guys, have a great day. 
So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.